We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Get the S Charge podcast here for a uh, live Saturday Q&A, our last Q&A before the 2022 draft. So we are uh, officially days away at this time next week. Uh, Tyler and I with Arjun will be in Las Vegas getting ready for the last day of the draft. I'm sure Alex will be uh, exhausted from live streaming, but uh, you know it's going to be a good vibe and I can't wait to see how all of it unfolds. That being said, Alex, how are you doing, man? I'm doing really good. Excited for the draft in five days. Uh, trying to get that stream together. Special guests. It'll be a good, good, good night for all. And yeah. I hope that I don't uh, get us canceled with the other two not there. <laughs> You'll be fine, man. It'll be, it'll be a good time for sure. We'll have we'll check in from time to time uh, while we're there. If we can get some good service, I'm sure it'll be packed down at the Bellagio, but it uh, should be a good time. Tyler, how are you doing, man? Doing very well on that live stream. I won't be there, but I definitely want to give away a PF Chang's gift card. The tradition works. It worked <laughs> last year. We got Rashawn Slater. I got to do it again this year. Yeah, well, we'll give away a bunch of stuff. You know, Derwin James changed his number officially, and that's available on the shop. So uh, we will have to uh, give one of those away in the near future. So, um, yeah, obviously, this is our last Q&A, so get those questions in. We'll, uh, the Super Chat feature is enabled. I see some good questions already, but um, wanted to start with, uh, I mean, last time we did a Q and a, we started with Trevor Penning and I think today, obviously ESPN's mm, draft predictor mm -hmm. has kind of shifted towards Jordan Davis. I mean, it's only a, a minor shift, right? Like it used to be Trevor Penning and then Jordan yeah. Davis. Now it's the other way around. 
as the most likely to be picked at 17. So um, I don't think any of us have super been <laughs> high on Jordan Davis at 17. I know I particularly am not, uh, but I want to start there. So Tyler, in a world where Jordan Davis and Trevor Penny are both on the board, where would you lean in that situation? Ooh, geez. You're really weighing a player. Like I do like Davis as a prospect at his position more for sure. But <laughs> oh man, that's a really tough one. I know, right? Because... I hate it so much. <laughs> yeah, for, first of all, I could understand both, obviously. I could understand Davis there. <sighs> On the one hand, you get Jerry Tillery off the field. I would assume. I would assume it would be Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, and Jordan Davis, which would kind of cement what they did, you know, this offseason about changing the defensive line. Same thing they did last year with the offensive line, get that yes. first round pick, Jordan Davis. So it would kind of complete what they've been doing. And if it gets Jerry Tillery off the field, one, that's a bonus for the defense. Two, that's huge for the organization. That's kind of, you know, favored their first round picks. But that said, I don't think they're going to do that at all. I don't think Davis is going to be the pick because of Jerry Tillery and the favoritism. Um, but if I had to pick, I think I would still lean Trevor Penning only because Jordan Davis... While I, I like him, he's my interior defensive lineman one. That's much better than an offensive tackle four. I think Davis is a better player at his position than Penning is right now at his position. But I still feel like that's a thing. You know, whoever you get later on, I feel like you can get someone later on who is a fine interior defensive lineman, even if it is Neil, Neil Farrell Jr. You know, I, I just think that you, you can't take Davis over Penning in that situation, even though Davis does impact the game earlier. And will literally step onto the field and be a difference maker in a more positive way, I think, than than pending will immediately. I just don't know if you can take it into your defense alignment that early, even though Penning is not my favorite guy there. Uh I go with Jordan Davis. Uh I'm not psyched about Trevor Penning, and I think ever yeah. since I've been like, oh, this would be an okay pick. I've gone lower and lower on him ever since. And you know, just you know, through this process, um, I just I can't get down with taking a tackle again at this point for a team that's in win now mode that like maybe is ready by the back half of year two to be what he's projected to be. Right. And that's just how the draft works in general. But no, I, I, I just I can't get behind him at 17 at all. And it sucks because I think he's going to be the pick at 17. Uh, and I think that we're going to have to react to it live and put a positive spin on it. Um but no, I, I I would take Jordan Davis. I think he's the more immediate difference maker. I think he helps you in pretty much all areas of the game. I think his value is a little bit less now for the Chargers in a sense that they kind of did get Austin Johnson and Sebastian Joseph Day. So you kind of have to figure out like what his role is going to be exactly there since he's not a pass rusher per se. And those guys uh, aren't pass rushers first either. So that's kind of something you have to figure out. Like there probably would still be a role for Tillery this year, even though you're forcing it out long-term and I don't think he's yeah. going to be back. Uh, but no, I, I would take Jordan Davis over, over Penning. Yeah. I had to laugh at uh, our guy, Jay blue over here saying <laughs> Reese Hall over Trevor Penning. That's, that's really hilarious. Um, this is a really interesting debate for me personally, because I'm not high on the idea of taking either one at 17. Like I've <laughs> right. said, you know, to me, I lean more towards the side that Alex is laying out because Jordan Davis would be that instant, immediate impact player. 
And uh, thank you, Tyler, for uh, pulling up the ESPN analytics here. Great, uh, great job there. Um, I think J Jordan Davis would just give you an immediate instant, instant impact player in a way that Trevor Penning simply cannot. I mean, Jordan Davis, I have no doubt that at minimum he'd come in and be an effective run stopper right away for the Chargers. And I think that gives the Chargers more options. I mean, ideally, mm -hmm. in an ideal world, you're not paying Austin Johnson $7 million to be a rotational player. But, you know, in this instance, you could play the three of those guys in the middle and essentially say, yeah, we'll dare you to run. You're not going to with these three just behemoths in the middle. Um, and so I, I can totally understand it from that standpoint. I, I've said this a bunch, even though I'm not a huge fan of it. Like, to me, taking Davis is the equivalent of taking Slater in comparison to the run defense, like Tyler was saying. So you have, you know, Sebastian Joseph Day is your Corey Lindsay. Austin Johnson is your Matt Filer. And then Jordan Davis would be your Rashawn Slater. So I would understand the process. I just don't think he, A, is is a top 20 player and B, worth a top 20 pick. So mm -hmm. if I had to choose between these two, I would take Davis. But, man, I it, it's a tough situation for me to be in somebody who values those premium positions and looking at a tackle versus a nose tackle um, and trying to decide in this debate. I will say... Ben Fennell of uh, formerly of NFL Network and Josh Norris of Underdog Fantasy were talking today about how they actually think Jordan Davis compares more favorably to a guy like Akeem Hicks as like a three technique who can play the nose as opposed to a nose who can play the three. And that that's interesting to me, but I do think it's a, a tad misguided because Hicks was so much more of a surefire three tech four eye even occasionally would go out on the edge, but it, that's an interesting comparison for sure. Yeah, I definitely think I, I couldn't tell you how Akeem Hicks looked coming out of college, but based right. on sort of the, the brief film breakdown that Givino did on the channel, you know, the power is definitely there at the point of attack. Obviously, that's pretty easy. Like wherever you plug Davis, he can do that. They sort of worked him on stunts and whatnot. There is a high motor there for sure. Well, I think there's a high motor. I don't know about high conditioning, um, but the motor I think is there. And then, but. Hicks has just this kind of natural bend to him and pass rush repertoire that I don't think Davis has quite yet. I, I, but again, that's that's Hicks in the NFL at age 30 yeah. or whatever he is. I mean, Hicks had um, 50 pressures and 10 sacks in 2017. So, <laughs> yeah, th that's definitely the difference. Um, you know, do I want Davis to be the nose? Like, no, you, you want to put him as a three tack or whatever. That's fine. I would get that for the Chargers. Yeah, I think the big thing about the first round pick, too, is like you never want it to be a guy that's like, OK, like <laughs> when you have that reaction. And right now I have Trevor Penning graded in the 40s uh, in my top 50. I know Steven does as well. So this is not the end all be all. But spending the 17th pick on someone you have graded that low versus Jordan Davis, who's number 12 on my list. Um, like that to me is just kind of like a non-starter, despite the positional value concern. It's not like we're taking a running back in the first round here, right? Like Jordan Davis right. is someone who's going to be seeing significant playing time and have significant value in, you know, improving this run defense and making this defensive line better than what it was as a whole last year. So I still think despite offensive tackle being the more valuable position, the difference between how pro ready and the potential of Jordan Davis versus Trevor Penning, um, not a debate for me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We'll I would. I would buy into it more knowing what the Chargers would want. Like if they want, if they're okay with benching Jerry Tillery 
and and this is a huge and and they want to kick Matt Fowler to right tackle, then sure, I would absolutely take Davis. Um, but we're assuming both those things are going to happen, and I just don't think they are. Yeah, I, there, there's been some a bunch of fans have kind of talked about Trevor Penny not being kind of a, a culture fit for what the Chargers are kind of doing. And I will say, I don't know a ton about like, not necessarily off field issues. Cause we, we don't, there's been nothing about Trevor Penny off the field, but yeah. just in terms of like his personality, like you could not be more different than Rashawn Slater, Corey Lindsley, <laughs> Matt Filer and Trevor Penny. And so, yeah, I don't think we know enough about Staley to say, Hey, like he's not going to want to take this kind of, you know, player who <laughs> goes on some uh, big boys Fox show and says, "Oh, I, I like football because I can legally assault somebody." Like, I, I, I don't know if we that. know. <laughs> I don't know if we know that Staley outright is mm. not interested in that kind of individual, but it certainly does not line up with the players that are in that offensive line, offensive line room already. Yeah, and. It- it's a little bit weird because we keep talking about how Jordan Davis would phase Jerry Tillery out, but Trevor Penning reminds me of Jerry Tillery, right? Like Jerry Tillery has that nature to him where he's going to hit you and deck Mac Jones 15 seconds after the play is over. <laughs> Trevor Penning is going to do whatever he does after the whistle too. So they both kind of have that nature to them uh, where they're just a little, you know, there's a little bit of a screws loose mentality there. Um, so yeah, great that we're drafting another Jerry Tillery, just that offensive tackle this time. Yeah. Uh, that sounds mean, but I, I get it. Tillery's things are more work ethic related, in my opinion. So I asked someone on the team about penning and the attitude, and they said that shit won't last after the first padded day. But I have no <laughs> issue with him doing it to opposing ends. Ha 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 ha. So, <laughs> <laughs> but like even Miles Garrett, like Miles Garrett tweeted a video and was like, "Good luck trying that in the NFL." Like it's true, like. Oh, he imagine did? Him that's like against... the one person I thought of immediately that would... Yeah, like imagine him against things. Aaron Donald one-on-one <laughs> and, and Penny's trying to throw Aaron Donald to the ground and what Aaron Donald will do. So, I mean, it's a lot of give and take. Trevor Penning is absolutely going to have to clean that up because to me, like when you watch his... When you watch the game tape, there are just instances where he's like out of the play and just goes and hits somebody in the back and obviously it's a penalty. So, to me, like... I can live with the nastiness, but I can't live with the penalties and endangering your teammates like you did with Desmond Ritter. So if you can take all that extra stuff out, then obviously I'm I'm fine with the the, the personality on the field. But it, it's going to be interesting overall because we've only had the one draft about Brandon Staley. And so we're going to learn a lot about like draft characteristics and tendencies in this year that because we've only had the one so far. Right. I feel like Chargers fans won't be super thrilled with Penning at 17 if he's at the pick. But if we play the Raiders week one and he dumps Max Crosby into the ground, I think everyone's going to vote for him for, you know, <laughs> offensive rookie of the week immediately. So, you know, you hate him now, but as soon as he's on your team, I'm curious how Chargers fans will work between those. Or or he Max Crosby gets him to commit five holding penalties. There's also <laughs> that. Also very possible. But it's like you said, Tyler, like if they do take Trevor Penning and they turn him into a quality player, then I think we can officially say that like the Chargers are a quality offensive mm-hmm. line team. So I would under, like I, 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 I know like I've always said I've, I I understand the upside. It's just the floor for me is not worth the pick at seventeen. GJ Blue, that's a nice super chat from you. Thank you. Um, 
Who would have the best RAS score between you three, Arjun, and Maddie? It kind of depends on what position. Like if I if I'm being tested as a tackle, I'm testing elite <laughs> in the speed category, but right. I'm getting crushed in the size category. Um, <laughs> Arjun by a mile. Arjun's like a hundred pounds soaking wet, man. Like that guy ain't holding up. Yeah, but he's tall. He's tall and lanky. What is he quarterback? I guess he'd be quarterback. That's what he, that's what he plays for his his squad right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be running back, so we'll Let's, see how that goes. Yeah, <laughs> I'd test get... elite in the weight category for running back. <laughs> oh yeah, just stick me in, man. <laughs> I'm not saying it's all muscle, but <laughs> we I just gotta the get weight. the height, weight, forty time measurements, three cone splits. We need, we need it all. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would definitely be below average in pretty much every category <laughs> at every position outside of offensive line. So there you go. Uh, funny question and honestly like very appreciative of that super chat um, yeah my mama's competition now man jay blue stepping up yeah <laughs> all right envy town with a super chat as well morning fellas in regards to the rb2 what's the latest you'll wait to dip into that pool and what's your personal prospect at that pick and he says bolt up so we obviously had a little fun with that uh kind of debate on our show on wednesday about uh potentially taking one in the third round and um you know mm. the, the whole damian pierce rashad white jerome ford thing i think the most likely outcome is that the chargers wait until like the fifth round at the earliest uh mm -hmm. but what do you guys think about this question i, I guess it'll depend so not third round obviously i'm out and running back in the third round <laughs> um i don't want to say regardless of who's there because you never know like there could be one of yeah. those top 30 players somehow there in the third round but i'm mostly out there you know, fourth round, I could sort of convince myself. But like, if you get into the fourth round and you have some pick of like Pierce, maybe Cook, Spiller, Chandler, Ford, you know, some of these guys, I think maybe at that point, you know, a fourth would be the earliest I would take one. But even then, I think I would rather wait to like the fifth round or so. Keep building that offensive line and get the running back after. Uh, I mean, I guess the latest is the seventh round. Like, in theory, if you're talking about the latest, earliest, depends on who's on the board. Um, I, I think the earliest probably is the fourth round, even though I don't write off the third entirely. Um, but, yeah, no, I. it, it turns a favorite personal prospect. Depends on the round you're in. Um, I didn't have this guy in my top 50, but I have watched more Ty Chandler since yeah. uh, we did that mm -hmm. episode. And that's a guy that I would be okay with taking later in the vein of a, some, somewhat of a Khalil Herbert kind of last year. So, I mean, if they wanted to go in that direction, I think that'd be great. I think they just need a guy in general that they want Absolutely. from this draft that uh, provides them a little bit of speed, a little bit of versatility, because right now they just do not have that behind Austin Eckler. Um, and that's the real issue. So for me, you're trying to go for your RB2. I don't think you have to draft him super early, but you want to give those two guys uh, competition because they really need it right now. Talk to me about uh, Keontae Ingram, Stephen, because like I, I messaged you yesterday, I think you brought up his name more than any other player in this process um, outside of Penning, but that's because we have to talk about him. But kind of unprompted, Ingram is like always in your mocks or always on your mind, moving up your boards. What is it about him? And then where do you think he's going to go? Yeah, to me, he's one of the more underrated running backs in this class because I think we consistently hear about like that you know, the, the same top 10 that everybody kind of has, you know, Ty Chandler's in there in the bottom, Zemir White from Georgia's in the in the bottom of the top 10. And, you know, you have a guy like a Kyron Williams, who honestly would not surprise me if the Chargers took him, 
based off the Notre Dame connection and, and kind of him just being like a really solid player. You. But I think when you're talking about Keontae Ingram, like he, I think he's the 12th highest RAS score of mm. any running back in the class this year. He does have that speed. I think he ran a four, five, two at his pro day and he weighs 220 pounds. And so he's not necessarily like a bruiser, but he's kind of the best of both worlds. Right. And I think he really has a lot of the traits that I really value at the position and mm. particularly just being able to make things happen out of nothing, right? I think you look at a guy like an Abram Smith or like a Tyler Algier or Kyron Williams, and it's like, sure, they can hit the hole and they can get there and they can Mm -hmm. um, make things happen at the second level. But I think so often in the NFL, like you've got to have a guy who can make people miss behind the line of scrimmage and just kind of be that um, elusive player and then get to the second level. And so Keontae Ingram to me is that player, um, one of the more underrated statistics in yards after contact per attempt and missed tackles force he's not great in by any means but he's kind of in the middle of the tier in both of those areas and would be higher if he had gotten more touches at usc but usc loved to throw the ball and i mean do rpo stuff to drake (laughs) london which i get um but he just has that same kind of style somebody when i was talking about him yesterday compared him very similarly to justin jackson and I, i i can see that although ingram is about 15 pounds heavier and a mm. little bit faster. So I don't know why he's kind of slipped through the cracks in this, in this class, maybe because he's not necessarily a great pass catcher, but to me, he's somebody I would be very happy with in the sixth round, maybe the fifth that like, if you have to reach for him, but you know, I, I really like Keontae Ingram. I moved him up to running back seven in my rankings after watching him again yesterday. So I'm a big fan. I wish I, I knew. USC, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fuck Utah. <laughs> um, uh, uh, it's all good. Um, what was I going to say? I wish I knew more about some of the local visits the Chargers would have had because it's like, what, Greg Dulcich and that's it? No, you they know? had a local visit with him. With Ingram? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I think in a world when you're probably waiting at least till round five, he's somebody I'm very interested in. I like Ty Chandler a lot. Um, Zamir White is, I mean, he fits that Georgia bill. He's a freak athlete, but just doesn't have like a ton of vision. <laughs> so I'll throw, I'll throw uh, Hassan Haskins in there. He's a guy that's usually available yeah. fifth, six round mock drafts. I think he could play, uh, you know, from kind of day one in that RB2 role. Gotta love three yards in a cloud of dust. Yeah, the only thing with Haskins is he never tested, so I'm not like completely yeah. sure about yeah. how his athletic profile stacks up. I think he was injured or something like that, so I don't even think he ran at his pro day. Mm. But a lot of people have asked me about Abram Smith, the running back from Baylor. Mm. Um, he's just not really my style. I mean, he's he's borderline six one apparently, and so there's not a ton of tre- tread on his tires because he was a former linebacker. But being a taller, being a taller running back, I think really has a has its disadvantages, which we've seen to a lesser extent with Derrick Henry, who just frankly cannot make people miss in the hole unless he runs them over. And that's just not something that like I, I like my shorter, elusive backs more than my taller power backs. And I think Hassan Haskins right, fits yeah. in that bill too. I even think the Chargers would agree. How tall is Larry Roundtree? 
I think Rancher's like 5'11". Uh, I think he's like 5'10". Okay, yeah. so he's not like a tall back by any means. Yeah. All right. Kelly's 5'9", Eckler's 5'8", so... I, I, Tom Telesco has historically valued, you know, those shorter, more elusive guys. I mean, going back to Brandon Oliver, Ryan Matthews yeah. is 5'9". I mean, he didn't... The Chargers... I mean, he didn't draft Darren, Sp- Darren Sproles by any means, but obviously the Chargers have a history with shorter backs. Mm-hmm. See, I could make it. <laughs> Did you play running back in uh, in your football? Running back because it's the dumbest thing I could possibly do. I don't know. Go that way. Go that way. Catch the ball. Easy. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna check out the average RAS score for a running back. What's what's the bench press requirement? If it's like ten, I'll get there. (laughs) I'll make it. Eckler's four ten. Jeez. Hmm. So a couple people have asked me about the whole. Tyler said no. <laughs> um, no, as as David Takashima points out, Ingram was a five star recruit too. Played at Texas and played really well. So, um, he ha- I think he can catch the ball, but USC just like never looked at him. <laughs> it was always mm-hmm. to Drake London and their other guys, which again right. I totally understand. But, um, yeah, you know, above that, Brendan Gad points out Pierre Strong. Again, like he's he's very fast and he can absolutely be a home run hitter. I just think that's the only thing he is. Yeah. Mm. You arrived to this sort of the same conclusion that I did, though. That like if I want Jerome Ford, I'd rather just get Pierre Strong later. Uh, I'm not saying they're the exact same player, but they kind of remind me of the home run threat style. So, yeah, Bear Strong, good later back. Sixth round. I want someone who can show me that they've caught the football and are good with that or have some sort of great, you know, RAS score to maybe pair with the idea that they could be a good receiving back. Shout out to Craig. What's up, Craig? He says Ingram looks like a lot lot like Kareem Hunt. I can see it, honestly. Very similar body types, at least. Yeah, I'm not ready to make that joke. (sighs) All right, so uh, trying to look for other questions. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll find some. Uh, Non-Chargers question. Speedy wants to know if we think Baker Mayfield is a starting quarterback week one of this season. Hmm. Uh, well, what teams need quarterbacks? It's uh, The Panthers Seattle. and the Seahawks are like about it. There's some weird thing with the Panthers where they openly hate him, but somehow people keep connecting them or whatever. So no, I don't know. I, I, I think I think he's gonna go through his own Ben Simmons situation this year, and then he'll figure it out next year. Like there's yeah. if because if you're the Seahawks, you would rather just draft Willis or Ritter or mm-hmm. somebody, right? They they already have Drew Locke, which I mean at this yeah. point. Drew Locke there's a is, Drew Locke kind of is Baker Mayfield. I mean, yeah. uh, so like at that point what do you have to lose there uh and then the panthers i mean you already have darnold and now you're probably they could draft a quarterback too so i i think baker's just kind of stuck there this year he probably just won't show up yeah i mean the seahawks have a ton of connections to matt corral i don't think they would take him at nine but you know take him at 40 or 41 and and kind of see where you're at there 
Um, that's just an, a really weird quarterback room because they have Locke. They re-signed Geno Smith to a, a good-sized backup quarterback contract. And then you draft Matt Corral. Like, that's just weird vibes to me. Mm-hmm. Um, the Panthers, man, like, if they take a quarterback at six, like, like just fire Matt Rule right now. Like, th- there's no way that you're winning any games this year if you do that. So, from a Panthers I mean, perspective. At I the would. same time, is there any way that they're winning games anyway? <laughs> I mean, if, if you take, like, Charles Cross at six, and then you trade no. um, next year's <laughs> third for Baker Mayfield, I think you could win some games, man. But like, what's the what's the point? I mean, I guess you're you're just kind of cycling yourself in mediocrity there, right? Like you're kind of sure. trying to play out Baker Mayfield, aim for seven and ten. Like, is that what? Because I guess I guess I could just see if you are Matt Rule, if you are that administration in general, you would just rather take a quarterback at six, and at least you buy yourself time, right? Like, because that was kind of the argument, even when the Chargers took Justin Herbert, for example, right? You can either have uh Isaiah Simmons or a player like that or Tom Telesco you know buys himself Justin Herbert then brings himself you know plenty more years as being the Chargers GM so that's kind of like the last home run swing I'm not saying Matt Corral and Justin Herbert are the same thing but uh I I do think it's just the idea of like okay if I do get a quarterback and I do hit then we put ourselves in that position versus you know not to say that if you take a great defensive prospect if you take a great tackle you know that wouldn't put you in that position but I just think that puts them in a position where they're not really going to improve in any significant way. Uh, that's just Utah. Oh, you saw state. Sorry. I thought it was a Utah question. Not quite. Oops. Um, there's a decent amount of buzz around Devin Tompkins, but he's a shorter guy. I think he's only five, eight. I think he was a former running back at one point. So it wouldn't surprise me um, if he was a late round flyer for a team. But there's not exactly like a, a huge amount of buzz for him. I think him and Utah's Britton Covey are in very similar situations. Shorter returner types. Obviously, Britton Covey's like 26 years old, but <laughs> um, you know, we'll see. From Jacob Arnall, most realistic Chargers pick for each of your favorite college teams would be. Um, I guess oh, Drake. Yeah, but that's pretty much it, right? Yeah, Rutgers one. <laughs> the Rutgers no. one is easy. Pacheco, Pacheco in the seventh round, baby. Here we go. That's our running back. He's he's a small guy too, so small, speedy. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Obviously, uh, USC. Uh, I feel like it would be Ingram. Ingram. I guess if he's there in the third, Drake Jackson potentially, but I don't think he's going to be. So it would have to be Ingram because I think they could take him earlier if they need to. But Jackson, they probably won't be there. Well, yeah, I mean, those right. are the guys that they could take from USC. But which guys from UCI could they take in this draft? Me, <laughs> the guy that takes me. I think they have to take me. I think I'm the tallest person at that school. So. Does UCI have a football team? <laughs> no, we have baseball. And I was going to say UCI is pretty good at baseball and, and sometimes basketball. Yeah, mm-hmm. we got those. So you know, we can make the transition. You know, if Antonio Gates can play some basketball and make it, I'll go find some people. Uh, you know, you never know. Yeah, from Utah, it would have to be Nick Ford or. Mm maybe Britton Covey, like as a late round returner flyer kind of player. Mm-hmm. They've met a lot with uh, Nephi Sewell apparently and, and like him, but I feel like that need is kind of filled already because he's he's a very undersized linebacker that's probably a special teams only kind of player. Mm. So I feel like they're good there with uh, 
Reader and Neiman. So yeah, I would say uh I would say Nick Ford probably the most likely. Yeah. Someone asked, do you see a scenario where Nick Benito or Drake Jackson get to pick 79? I don't. I think they're like 55th, 58th on the consensus big boards, which I mean, yeah. look, the guys can fall, but I don't think so. Hey, I think the value of edge is just too high for them to fall. Yeah. Yeah, I think of the two, I would say Bonito has a, a higher chance of being there just because he's a little undersized. He's like outside linebacker only. Like he's not a 4-3 defensive end type. Mm -hmm. Whereas Drake Jackson, I think, does have some scheme versatility. Um, but yeah, I don't think either one would be there. Um, apparently the Broncos really like Bonito, which I hate how often the Broncos and like players that I also like, and the Broncos have four <laughs> picks before us. So oh. like they really like Abraham Lucas apparently too. And I'm just like, Ugh, yeah. Annoying. And I think uh, is it Joe rolls who is, I think kept a running tally of how many top 30 visits they know of. Yes. And I think they and know their like top 30 27. visits matter. Yeah. They've had like 27 that they all know about. And we've had, three like seven or oh three i feel like we've had like five or six is it more great that's that's awesome that we're approaching double digits now that's awesome i know and it, what's annoying is that like maddie's broken the news of two of them <laughs> <laughs> who's and the other she's one? been a part of chargers twitter for like two months <laughs> who's the other one um that tackle she just interviewed this week oh he did he was a top 30 visit yeah Oh yeah, duh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So Maddie's got two. And uh don't think the other beat reporters have one so far. No, it's all national guys or Aaron Wilson. Sweet. Way to go, Maddie. Um Richard points out, honestly don't think Devontae White gets enough talk by Chargers Podcast. He fits Stadium scheme perfectly and body wise is the closest to Aaron Donald. I think to me it's that's off field related more than anything for me. Yeah, it's it's going to be that, that that's basically it. I would not be mocking him to the Chargers because of that, because he's also kind of 24, because you know, I don't think they're even going to take again. Jerry Tiller is going to start this year. It would surprise me as all hell if he wasn't. All signs indicate that he is. And so to me, you already have your three starters. So Devontae White, great, but like I don't think they'd take a rotational defensive tackle in the first round even if he would start next year but even then there's the off-field stuff he's 24 or whatever he is so i don't buy it yeah i mean i just think it's more likely if you're talking about defensive tackles they're much more likely to take a jordan davis than Devontae wyatt just based on how they're kind of made up right now yeah i think it, i like I, we said earlier like i would understand them taking jordan davis because he's a one-on-one -on -one athlete but Looking mm -hmm. at kind of like the Rams' uh, tendencies and the Bears' tendencies, both of those franchises were generally like, oh, like here's a third-round defensive tackle. Here's a fifth-round defensive tackle. You know, Greg Gaines in the sixth, Sebastian Joseph Day in the sixth kind of thing. So they're more just get really solid run-stuffing types and ideally develop them into pass rushers. Maybe you take like a guy like a Roy Robertson Harris, who I think was like a fourth-round pick. So I think the only instance, in, and it's just a very similar conversation with linebacker for me, for Brandon Slade to invest a premium pick in one of those two positions, it would take like a truly premier athlete. Like I think if Micah Parsons did not have the off-field issues and were 
available to them at 17. I think that's a kind of player that Brandon Sadie would take. I think Jordan Davis kind of fits that bill as well. Otherwise, I just feel like it's a day three kind of pick for these players. Mm-hmm. Clinton Sims, would you draft him on Clark late day three to fill a possible need after next year, even though he's not going to play this year? You'd have to tell me how everything else checks out. Um, I wouldn't hate it. Like one random yeah. last seventh round pick. It's probably better than anything else you have. He's a top 10 linebacker in this class. It's just the the uh, spinal issue, whatever it was, fusion. Yeah, I'm staying away from spinal fusions as a whole. Yeah, I get it. I, I what like seven one of those seventh round comp picks. I think that's fine, but yeah, I, I'm generally not drafting a player that is not going to play as a rookie. Yeah. Okay, I do really want to ask this because what safeties do you think will be available at our third? I feel like that's a position. There's some really good players in either the consensus big boards, like right there, or in you know the draft networks mod draft or whatever. It's your yeah. Kirby Joseph, it's your Brian Cook, it's your Nick Cross, technically JT Woods. I think those guys could all be available. Do you guys have a favorite at that spot? Because like I do have Brian Cook ranked higher, but I don't know if I can. I prefer maybe Nick Cross or something. Alex, you want to go first? Um. I guess from that group, I would prefer Kirby Joseph just because I, I think he's the most ready out of them right now. But mm. at, at the same time, I think it's hard to project which safeties will be available there. I mean, we kind of did this for different reasons last year with like Trevon Merrick because everyone's like, he keeps sliding, he keeps sliding, and then, you know, eventually uh, gets picked in the second. But um, I don't know. Like, it's that's that's the toughest position I feel to nail down because it's in a sense like the least valuable defensive position, but then there are teams that like want to take that uh, and, and, you know, make that player a premier player on their defense. So uh, yeah, I, I, out of that group that Tyler mentioned, I would probably go Kirby Joseph. Yeah. I would actually say Brian cook would be my choice there. Um, to me, he's the most pro ready. Um, mm -hmm. And I think you can fill a variety of roles. I think Kirby Joseph is the best deep safety in this yeah. class, but I think that's the only thing he can do. Mm -hmm. Whereas Brian Cook, I feel like, really fits that steady type. He can play in the slot. He can play in the box. He can play deep. Maybe not be exclusively the deep guy because of his, you know, athletic limitations. But, you know, I like JT Woods' projection a lot because he's a freak athlete and he's like a 4-3 speed guy. Mm -hmm. But it's a very similar conversation where right now he's the he can only do one thing, and that's play yeah. deep. So I think if you're taking one in the third, Again, you want an instant impact guy, someone that can come in and be an immediate upgrade over Alohi Gilman and Mark Webb, potentially. I think that's Brian Cook in the third. Yeah, I really like Brian Cook. He's going to be in a video coming out soon. So, <laughs> Not an <laughs> interview, <laughs> I wish. but So outside of Brian Cook, who would be your answer, Tyler? Uh, then it would be Nick Cross. I, I, well, I, I talk about other guys, well, JT Woods later. Um, but it would be Nick Cross again, Kirby Joseph, not laying the wood, not exactly being a downhill hitter, especially in a defense like this, where you play two guys back because you expect them to come up and play the run. Kirby Joseph would be a liability in that regard. And that's something that took Mr. Adderley years to figure out. And he's still improving on only as early as last year. So, um, you know, Nick Cross, the film that's bad is bad, but the film that's really good and that RAF score makes you really want to take a chance on him. So, I think that's the guy that, especially if you have another year of Adderley and he's not starting yet, but then Adderley leaves, you plug in someone like Cross. I think that's someone that I would prefer 
because then next year, once he's developed a little bit more, I think it's a good option, best option after Cook. There you go. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. <laughs> what Cincinnati players would you guys like on the team? Oh, I, there's, this guy, there's this guy, Jerome <laughs> Ford. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he's, he's pretty good. Uh, I mean, I, I guess if we're just talking about this from like a third mid-round perspective, like I just because of the Chargers not having a second round pick, if they do want to take a DB, I think Kobe mm-hmm. Bryant is, is pretty is pretty possible um, from that like group of Cincinnati guys. Um, but really any of them. I love all the Cincinnati guys. Yeah, I honestly, I've said this a couple times. I would be perfectly okay drafting a Cincinnati secondary player every single year. I think they <laughs> have they have put out such good talent over the last couple of years since uh, I forget his name all the time. Their head coach. He's mm. former uh, Ohio State guy. Huh? Luke Fickle? Nick Fickle, yeah. So he's no, Luke, Fickle. He, Luke Fickle, sorry. Um, apologies, Luke Fickle, you're welcome on the show anytime. Um, <laughs> yeah, those Cincinnati DBs, man, I just, I, I think they're like, it's kind of Georgia light, if you will, when they just have these players who are just really, really solid, fill a, they all fill a variety of roles outside of Sauce, who was like just a premier outside guy. But I mean, Kobe Bryant, Brian Cook this year, last or two years ago, uh, I forget his first name, Wiggins was their safety. So I, I like all of their I like all yeah. those DBs. If you can guarantee me that my J Sanders can just stay at a weight, um, then <laughs> yeah. I would I would take a later edge pick on him. Yeah, he's tough to project because I feel like he's a sneaky like third round sort of pick, but I almost feel like he's one of those guys maybe you can wait one more round for. Right. But tough then again, project. you have like I feel like someone's comp pick in the third round is going to be my J Sanders. Yeah. I mean, those edges are all going to go way earlier than people think. So my J in the third man, I'd be very happy with that. I think he, he kind of reminds me or gives me like Leonard Floyd vibes from a body type, from a play style. I think Leonard Floyd was a much better athlete and tested better. But of course, you know, Sanders had that weird health issue. So I like Sanders. I think third round right there is probably the, the hot spot for an edge, maybe the fourth round for the Chargers. Um, so I'd be, I'd be happy with my J in the third for sure. Yeah, potentially. (laughs) 
I mean, we'll, we'll probably talk about this on Wednesday, but just to bring it up again, worst case scenario for round one. <laughs> okay, let me try this. Worst case scenario, but you can't answer Trevor Penning. Trevor I was Penning. Say, trading <laughs> up for Trevor Penning is my my absolute <laughs> worst case scenario. Um, I think I well, I don't I don't know if I want to go after a specific player, but I'll say any scenario where they trade up kind of disappoints me just because of the the mm -hmm. value there. Like obviously, there's been talk about like going up for Derek Stingley. Um, but I just think then you're kind of like emptying out your draft capital potentially next year as well. I wouldn't be against it and it wouldn't be like the worst case, but I do think they're kind of either good staying put where they are or trading back, which Tom Telesco is not going to do. Um, but if we are talking about an individual player, it's Trevor Penning. So in like a realistic worst case scenario, I think, I would be okay with this, but I think a, a world where Chris Olave is like clearly the best player on the board is probably it for me. Again, I like Olave and I'd be okay sure. picking him, but I think there are better alternatives. And yeah, I don't know. Like if you're looking at a world where all four offensive tackles are off the board, Jordan Davis is off the board. There's no edge rushers besides George Karloftis. So Again, I would pick Zion Johnson in this scenario, of course, but the Chargers probably looking at George Karloftis and Chris Olave and Trent McDuffie just doesn't get me super excited, but I like Olave and McDuffie, obviously. Yeah, I guess then I would, in that same vein, like Christian Watson. Again, I, I like a lot of players that are going to be there. Even if they pick Trevor Penning, I'll be like, I get it. You know, we're going to rally behind it. We're going to be optimistic. Yeah. But to me, it's like Christian Watson would be a good player. I just at 17 nah. yeah and i'll take it, christian watson and chris olave 50 times over before i take trevor penning at 17 <laughs> i'll do it if trevor penning is the pick it, it's gonna be a circle of emotions for me that night <laughs> but the next day i'll be fully on board with it and i'll talk myself into it i'll i'll do the whole thing i'm gonna cope <laughs> and it's you know long term obviously better solution than what they have now so it's going to be a roller coaster of emotions for me if that is the choice. Mm -hmm. All right, general draft question from oh, okay, sorry, sorry. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> no, put that back up. Yeah, because somebody, I mean, people are going to ask, and I did like Kadarius Tony, but thoughts on Kadarius Tony? I like Kadarius Tony. I like Kadarius Tony's film a lot at Florida. I think mm -hmm. he's just does unique things with the ball in his hands. But there's been a ton of not like character concerns right but just like a ton of on-field issues that have happened like you know last spring he didn't he wasn't practicing because he didn't like the jersey choice that they gave him and you know he wanted to be you know a single digits or teams number and they were like here's 85 and he didn't like that <laughs> then in training camp he didn't practice because he didn't have the right cleats and then he started a fight in a game and now he reportedly is not talking to any of his teammates outside of uh Sterling Shepard, who he's like best friends with. So I don't know, man. I, I just, I don't think that there's enough evidence to say like, okay, this guy is clearly like all in on being a football player for me to be all in on trading for him. I think that's just not, he's not a player the Chargers are usually interested in. 
I think my answer to this is I am uninterested in any player whose biggest fans are Urban Meyer and Dave Gavin. <laughs> Just completely uninterested. Yeah, man. Imagine if like if the ja- if the Jaguars had been able to get him last year, like <laughs> Uh, that'd just be you know another layer of very interesting storylines in jacksonville yeah i i mean i don't feel bad for the giants because fuck the giants but they (laughs) the doug peterson tanked that final game and that's the difference between them having devonta smith and not having him which i think is great so have fun with Kadarius tony and trading out but um yeah yeah, one year after drafting him is, is pretty rough that's sad, man. Like I did, because I really like Kadarius Tony. But then you don't. This film I mean, was so much fun. Maybe I missed something, you know, during the pre-draft process. But you know, you don't know these things, these guys, who they are, what the, you know, unless you really take the time to, you know, delve into these guys. And we we don't, we can't. So it's a real bummer to hear that he's all these, you know, on-field, off-field issues. I wonder if Dave Gilderman like only drafted him because he knew that Urban wanted him, and he was like, "Oh, if Urban <laughs> likes him, then I like him." I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> All right. Uh, the question that I was going to point out from Solo Man, who's mm. going to be this year's JOK slide? So uh, Jeremiah Usukoromo, for those who don't know, obviously fell, reportedly had some heart issues. I think you could put Azizo Jalari in this conversation too, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, who had reportedly knee issues and hip issues, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, obviously, we don't know a ton about like these players' te- like medical history unless – like Andrew Booth, David Ojabo, obviously we know about. So uh, Tyler, we'll start with you. Who's a player that you think slides in a similar vein to Gerald, Jeremiah Wizukorma last year? Uh, yeah, obviously the medical thing is, is tough. So I'm, if I'm talking guy that I think is going to go in the first round, probably will slide to the second. Um, I actually think it could be Devontae Wyatt. I think with the age, with sort of the off field, with the preference for a Jordan Davis or maybe wanting it to go someone you like equally or more like like travis jones i think there's a possibility that wyatt slides to the second round because of a combination of things that are uh not out of his control but like they're currently out of his control his past is his past his age is his age and i think those two things could push him to the second round um i'll say out of that list we were talking about we're talking about ajabo obviously i think andrew booth is kind of the one that i think about i think that's a good one yeah probably does end up going in the first round but i could see him just falling just because other quarterbacks are better than them and if you're like kind of between like let's say kyler gordon or andrew booth maybe you go for the one that doesn't have the knee issues that he does or if you're even comparing him to some of the other guys that are available um potentially Obviously, cornerback value is like super high, so like that can be something that keeps him there. But I could see him going in that like thirty to forty-five range, maybe instead of that twenty to thirty range, which is kind of pretty equivalent to the Carmoa slide last year. Yeah, I'm gonna stick at the same position and and say potentially Nicobe Dean. I think mm, we've okay. seen a lot of times yeah. from the league that at particular at linebacker, like a lot of teams have very particular height weight speed thresholds that they prefer at that position it's also a position that's kind of being devalued around the league with the emphasis of the vangio scheme that's going around so i think nicobe dean is a really fantastic player his film is amazing i think he's was arguably the best defensive player on georgia last year but he just he doesn't fit those thresholds man like he's not going to grow two or three inches and he's not going to gain 20 pounds when he gets to the league so I think Dean could go pretty high, 
And I wouldn't be surprised, but if he fell to the second round because of those height, weight, speed concerns, then I would not be surprised either. That and some preference, you know, I don't know where you ended up with Dean, but like you could like Quay Walker more. I think Alex does, or you could like Channing Tindall more. And, you know, again, sort of like Leo Chanel. Wyatt. Yeah, Leo Chanel. Chad uh, you know, Muma. Guys that are Chad Muma. Exactly. So, you know, would Nokobe Dean going top 20 make sense? Totally. But I could also see him falling. Sure. That's a good call. For Moses, Marquez, Wondell Robinson, Calvin Austin are two difference makers that could be nabbed in rounds three or four. Do you feel either of these guys fits the Chargers' scheme? I don't know if Wandale. I guess it depends what they want to do with this extra guy. Like I think mm-hmm. Calvin Austin is more what Staley has said that he wants, which is a guy who can take the top of a defense, but can also do more things than that. I think Wandale's role at Kentucky, like he might be able to do more, but there's a lot of question marks based on his role. Like watch the Georgia game. We had 14 catches for 30 yards or whatever it was <laughs> because he just did screens or dump offs the entire yeah. game. So um, to me, the guy to keep an eye on I, that I really like, I've started to like a lot more is Khalil Shakir. Yeah, I haven't watched Khalil Shakir yet. He's on my list to do before the draft because a lot of people really like him. Nate Tice is particularly very high on Khalil Shakir. Um, of these two, Calvin Austin is far and away the better prospect for me. I have graded studied and graded 15 receivers and Wandell Robinson has my lowest grade he's just he's again I have a very particular type at receiver and Wandell Robinson is the furthest thing from that type short former running back can only run like three routes and I think he's fast but Mm -hmm. again I don't think he can really do much besides like the yards after catch opportunities and go routes and that's just not my kind of vibe Calvin Austin we saw at the senior bowl like continually toasting dudes and yeah. running every single route tree. He was an outside receiver at Memphis, despite being 5'8 or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think Calvin Austin, if he were two inches taller, would be like a borderline first-round pick. But because yeah. he's 5'8", you know, you're looking at a player who's late two, early three. And so for me, like this isn't even a conversation. Calvin Austin, by far, is a better prospect. Not even close for me either. I I don't know how you justify taking Wondell Robinson in the third or fourth round just as like, I mean, he's fast, but he really doesn't have game breaking speed, Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, or he, he sort of has speed in a way where it's like, yeah, he kind of can only run that combination of routes and makes them look good. Uh, obviously, you can expand your route tree in the NFL and develop as a prospect, but I just don't think he has the measurables that you want to look for in a receiver prospect like just yeah. all of the wide receivers that we talk about in that third round range. Um, someone like a Bo Melton, like I, I would take like all of those guys that we put at the back ends of our top 10, it, our top 15 to top 10 over someone like Wondell Robinson. I, I, I almost just think for what his skill set is being limited and the fact that his, you know, body is the way that it is. Unfortunately, uh, I think it's off the board for me entirely. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. DeAndre Carter didn't get a huge contract. So he's not necessarily like locked in for me. Like I would, I would be very happy with a Calvin Austin for him, but you know, presumably his role on the team outside of returner, right. Is going to be that slot receiver. He's going to run short intermediate routes, be a yards after catch kind of player gadget role. So to me, that's, that's exactly what you're drafting Wandell and, and at least part of Calvin Austin to do. So I think when you're talking about a receiver, the chargers want to add or should add, I think you're looking for, you know, a Bo Melton type, a Jalen Tolbert type, somebody that's kind of that backside speed Z threat that can take the top off. I think you're looking for a uh, Jalen Guyton 
long-term replacement to mm-hmm. complement what the Chargers already have. So adding Wandell Robinson and Calvin Austin to me is just too redundant to DeAndre Carter and potentially like I think Austin Eckler does a lot of those things too. So I think you're you're ideally looking for a, a taller, longer, faster player to put on the backside of your offensive play calls like a Jalen Guyton and just have that long-term replacement for him. Uh, so circling back, Thomas Martinez really quickly did point out that uh, Kadarius Tony had a gun charge in college, apparently. So, oh, that sounds familiar. I think he mm. did. Yeah, I do remember that. All right, put so that just... uh, super chat back up. Thank so, you. is it possible Tillery could be viewed solely as an edge backup to Bosa and Mac? He showed up to OTAs looking slimmed down. Anytime in the last two years <laughs> that we've gotten a question about Jerry Tillery playing edge on this show, my blood pressure rises because the, he cannot play edge. He can't stop the run, which is like one of the things you need to do to play edge. Yeah. Um, Raiders game 2020, the one where Parham dropped the ball that he gets blown up by where Devontae Booker. Booker, my guy went for like 85 <laughs> yards on us. I bring up that one every time. Like it's so bad. Um, he, he just he can't do it like the best thing for him to do is just have him as a rotational dt this year move on from him when you can um but th- there's no possibility he can play edge he just doesn't have the skill set for it i think if the chargers were in their old scheme right yes. like that that's what he was for gus bradley like he was a three technique pass rushing defensive tackle who could kick out to edge in an emergency which is what the raiders game was last year when Nwosu was hurt and Ingram was hurt and things like that. So um, Tillery in this defense, I think you can put him on the edge again, just in very situational pass rushing opportunities when you want to kick Bosa inside, maybe you want to kick Mack inside. But I think he is exclusively like a three technique, four eye technique, occasionally over the tackle, just kind of that kind of situational player. But like Tyler has said, we expect him to start and hopefully replace him with some kind of long-term draft pick and move on after the season. Like best case scenario for the Chargers and when it comes to Jerry Tillery this year is that he gets, you know, 7 to 8 sacks, probably a lot of them will be cleanup sacks and kind of works himself into a relatively big contract for the Colts next year and the Chargers get a comp pick for him. Yeah. He, he gets he gets 7 to 8 sacks and the Jaguars pay him 30 million dollars and then we all live happily ever after. <laughs> Imagine getting a fourth round comp pick for Jerry Tiller, man. I'd be so happy. I'd be, be over the moon fifth that. round, seventh round, pick two seventy eight. Like, I'll take it. not not even not even a comp pick, just an extra UDFA slot. We get to keep four. <laughs> yeah, just like some Whataburger for Fahoka. That's about it. I'll take it. Give us that first that first uh, waiver spot for UDFA for Jerry Tiller. We'll be happy. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's funny. There was a question that I saw earlier that I liked. Richard pointing out back in the day that there was talks of moving Quentin Jammer to safety. I must have missed that too. Granted, I was in middle school when Jammer was on the team. So, yeah, I wasn't really doing that, you know, talking about that in middle school. So I have no idea. I, I definitely missed that. Uh, yeah, Justin pointed out Alec Pierce. I think he fits as well. Alec Pierce has a lot of fans around the league too. Another Cincinnati guy, of mm. course. 
Um, so he could potentially be like a second round pick. I mean, he's, you know, six, three ran a four, four vertical jump was like 40 inches. So you don't typically think of a white tall guy from Cincinnati being an athletic freak, but, uh, that is the case for Alec Pierce. <laughs> is there any way we can forfeit the fourth year option on Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, I would just call, call less need. He can figure out a way to make this work somehow. <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right well well I'll take a few more questions guys so if you haven't uh gotten yours answered please hit us up right now um i'm trying to scroll scroll up but obviously they keep on coming so uh let us know if you have a question and we'll take probably two or three more before we head out give us give us the weirdest question you can think of completely unrelated to the nfl draft that's usually how we end these shows we'll end up on some funeral potato tangent i'm sure <laughs> uh tyler you got a compliment on your shirt that's just the justin herbert player number right yeah i mean it's, it's, it's a time with a lightning bolt but thank you i appreciate it you ready showtime on May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is this is it. This is your Super Bowl. Might be an eye roll to all, but Steven, what are the tackle prospects? Pick three and back. Just go for it, man. Yeah, I mean, Abraham Lucas is obviously the ideal situation there. I feel like I've talked about him a lot, but um, the Max Mitchell hype has kind of died down. I think, you know, he really fits what the Chargers look for in terms of a physical profile. He's likely on the board. Um, I would not take him to start right away, um, but I think he's a, a good long-term option. I've come around on Rashid Walker uh, potentially being a fit for them in terms of RES profile, in terms of being that long-term uh, solution there as well. In terms of those late-round picks, you know, I think Gene Delance's best position from Florida, who the Chargers have met with, is probably guard at the next level. But I mean, he was a three-year starter at Florida. There wasn't necessarily great by any means, but he's got like 36 arm, 36-inch arms. And I think could uh, make that work. So those are some options there. I think, you know, I'll, I'll have to do some other options. I haven't looked at Kellen Deesh yet from Arizona State. I know Tyler likes him a lot more uh, than I do. So those are some four guys I think could stand out for the Chargers. As like a, yeah, fifth round option for Deesh. I just want to point out that, you know, I like him, but I'm not saying that I take him as like, yeah, super. I, I will say Max Mitchell. Um, so I don't know if you listened to or watched Duke Manyweather on Brandon Thorne's podcast, but they had to draft like a make offensive line, picking guys in, like the first round, second round, third round. And Duke Manyweather did take Max Mitchell as his right tackle of the future. Granted, because he had to pick a guy later on, obviously he'd prefer many other guys. But um, yeah, Max Mitchell has a lot of love from um, from Duke Manyweather. Obviously, he's also working with him. But he's now, I just did a mock this morning, like 222nd on TDN's board. Like he dropped quite a bit. You can get him yeah. in the sixth round now. Yeah. 
Oh, we're getting a bunch of questions rolling in here. Um, we've talked about Matt Ariza a lot, so I'm not going to mention that. <laughs> um, who's more likely to sweep Chargers or Raiders? Like in terms of Raiders, against each they other, have to clean up the prisons they're in. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> gotta do the Sixers. Gotta do your... yeah, Sixers. <laughs> um. I low-key feel like this is a good year for the Chargers to sweep the Broncos. I'm just going to say that. I don't think that's a bad pick. Yeah. I mean, if you get a little bit of Russell Wilson decline, granted, there's something cursed about Mile High Stadium. Something right. is always right. going to happen. They'll blow like a 40-point lead, or maybe there's some player with a lung problem that can't play. Like, <laughs> uh, But I don't know. Uh, yeah. I always kind of go in thinking we'll sleep the Raiders, but something weird happens and then we don't. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm usually of the mindset of just picking us to go three and three in the division. And then if we win the rest of the games, we're good. Yeah. No, I know that wasn't his question at all, but um... <laughs> we're going to end Thank with you. a food debate this, again. This is the you have to rapid fire answer these for. questions. Is a hot dog a taco? No, absolutely no. not. Tacos are good. Best TV show out currently. Better call Saul. Ooh, I need to catch up on that, but I'm starting Severance, and that's really good. Uh, Brooke and I are watching Dope Sick on Hulu. Fantastic. Okay. Kevin Costner show. Really enjoy it. If you could pick any Yu-Gi-Oh card, um, Jinzo. Pot of Greed. That's a good one, but yeah, more draft <laughs> picks. Probably banned from the first round. That's, <laughs> yeah, a, that's a cartoon. I don't know. Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Tyler got a good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good. Yes, this is a Keenan Allen shirt. Uh, for Braden, who asked, I uh, this is from 500 level. They do a lot of NFLPA shirts. I wear them a ton, actually. They're like really comfortable mm -hmm. shirts, so uh, highly recommend. Literally never, except for when <laughs> I'm at the training camp. <laughs> Alex, has yeah. anyone ever recognized you? Because you're on the East Coast, so it's not like you. No. You know. Yeah, I well, I live in Florida. Not many Chargers fans in Florida. I, was I don't think say. I've ever seen a Chargers fan right. in Florida, first of all. <laughs> and then also, 10 months of the year or nine months of the year, I live in a foreign country. Uh, I will say the one experience I've had is people from school finding out that I have a podcast, which is always an awkward conversation. Yeah. Uh, such as when I introduced. Uh, my significant other to the fact that I have a podcast. So that's great. Uh, always a fun conversation. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, if it pays for dates and it pays for stuff, then. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, in public, like for my students, <laughs> maybe. But you know, <laughs> otherwise, it's, you know, at training camp or at Chargers games. My, I don't really swear a ton on this podcast, but my students or I, I coach for like one day a week just for fun. And they found the podcast and they're like, you swear. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so they watched you talk about Jerome Ford once, and then that's that was their <laughs> no fucking way. Of Tyler Shoon. <laughs> I know they're gonna be in their house, like, no, we took fucking Jerome Ford. <laughs> Where'd you learn that from? It's like, Coach Tyler. <laughs> uh most anticipated primetime game option for you guys. What would that be? Ooh. I want revenge in Ooh. Vegas, man. I want that yeah. like I need water. <laughs> I'm not going to go, though. <laughs> I'm uh, definitely not going. But... Yeah, revenge in Vegas would be nice. Time for the Raiders game. I, I feel like either Chargers Raiders, like, very early in the season or, like, a very important, like, because they just announced they're doing the primetime uh, Christmas game. Like, that would kind of be a fun one. Chargers Raiders Christmas. Mm. So... 
they're, they're going to get a prime time against every division opponent, right? Oh. They have to. Oh, and they're, they're at least all, the Raiders and Chiefs. Yeah. I also forgot Chargers, uh, Chargers, Rams is this year. That's going to be mm-hmm. in front of them. Yeah. Other than I just, that one, I, I love those Chargers Chiefs Thursday night games, man. Just oh, like, yeah. Those are so much fun. Yeah. Give me, give me, they win sometimes. Yeah. Give me, give me Mahomes and Herbert. I mean, that's, that's a great one. Um, I think they'll have one against every divisional opponent, the Rams. Are there any other possibilities on their schedule? Well, I'm on a Houston revenge game. <laughs> <laughs> I I, Davis Mills versus Herbert in five um, I think Cardinals are a possibility, depending on where mm. that is. A lot of people, of course, have floated the idea that that could be a, a Mexico City game because the Cardinals have that this year. So that would obviously be Monday night, Monday night football. Yeah. So I think that could be an option. Um, I do kind of think Chargers Raiders is week one Monday night or something like that. Yeah, it'd be poetic justice for, you know, the week 18 happening in week one again. Just be in Vegas, please. Don't be in, don't be prime time in LA again. <laughs> don't need any that. advice for a guy who does a small charges podcast. Just started it last year. I can't make a Holocaust um, joke this time. Yeah, I wouldn't do what? that. <laughs> oh, the <laughs> Holocaust the joke <laughs> podcast guy. Has Great to... advice. That's how we got where we are. Um, <laughs> be active on social media. Collaborate. Yeah. Respond. All that sort of stuff. The more interaction uh, with people, the better. Like I think that's that's really how you kind of establish a fan base. Be yourself and be genuine. Have my mom donate a lot of super chats. <laughs> <laughs> Insider trading. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh! Chargers um, game in Mexico going to be lit. Yeah, I, I mean, I know a lot of Chargers fans want that to be in Arizona, obviously, because that's an easy road trip game. I think uh, a lot of diehard Bolt Club members have talked about going to that one if it is in Arizona. So, kind of hit or miss. I, th- I, I would never personally go to a game in Mexico City, but, you know, it is what it is. Jorge wanted to know if we're going to have funeral potatoes and jello on the draft day menu. Are they going mean, to serve that they, in Vegas? I don't think they have that in <laughs> Vegas. Maybe, what maybe, would, like, maybe when Zion Johnson's the pick. Would you eat some funeral potatoes? <laughs> for Zion Johnson, man, I would eat. I would eat some funeral potatoes for sure. <laughs> somebody, when Tyler put out that joke that he took the guilty as charged podcast out of his thing, somebody was like, "All right, Stephen, what are you going to do to keep him?" And I was like, <laughs> I I'll, eat, "I'll eat half a gallon of pretzel jello for Tyler." <laughs> That was so nice. I appreciate that. I uh, I almost want to see that happen, but <laughs> I could also see uh, Chargers Browns being a primetime game, or maybe Chargers Niners. I don't know. Yeah, the most wholesome quarterback in the league, and well, depends on when the game is. If he's suspended, I don't know, but. Well, they they wouldn't find out about him being suspended before mm. the schedule got released, right? Because the schedule no. releases may unless you know, it's a little kind of so. Sulky. Then they'll probably try to put all of like the primetime Browns games in the last twelve games. I don't know. I would assume so. Yeah. Uh, Alexander wants to know if we think the Chargers could be in any of the Europe games this year. I think it's only Mexico. Is it, isn't that the possibility? Because they announced. Um, I think they're the only. I think the Cardinals are the only team they play on the yeah. road that have an international game. Because the 
Boxer in Germany. Yeah, that's it, and that's suspected to be Bucks Chiefs. I yeah, and they they play the Jaguars, but that's a home game. Yeah, uh, I don't know who the London games are off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure I, the I only think they, team, the only yeah. road game they have that has an international mm-hmm. game is the Cardinals. Yeah, I think that's the only possibility in Mexico City. I'd love to go though. Dude, going to a game in Germany would be so fun. Yeah. I'm I'm jealous of the German fans who get to see Brady Moms in that environment. I think that'll be that'll be fun. Yeah. All right. I think that's uh that's gonna do it. Alex, some guy didn't like that you were wearing a Sixers hat today, so don't give a shit. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and good night. <laughs> all right, so oh all right. <laughs> Hey, you want to keep sending us money? We'll do it. Um, hey, look, look, my Wi-Fi has gotten better. I will not take these attacks on my Wi-Fi. <laughs> Last show, my Wi-Fi wasn't bad. I accidentally kicked the wire uh, that had my mic connected to my computer, and that's why I messed up in the beginning of the show. <laughs> but my Wi-Fi has been fine. Uh, it, you know, uh, I will not take these allegations against my Wi-Fi. <laughs> no, we figured out a good a good solution. So, yeah, it's been it's been much better. Um, all right, so that's going to do it for us today. Tomorrow we'll be going live. Uh, we're going to do a fun mock draft kind of episode, and then we'll have one more episode before the draft is actually happening next week. So um, thank you guys for tuning in. This was a fun Q&A. Really appreciate all of the support, all of the super chats. Hope you guys have a good rest of your Saturday, and we'll see you tomorrow. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.